Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And that is the Star Spangled Banner uh, because it was on this day, March the 3rd, that uh, President Hoover signed into law the bill that made the Star Spangled Banner the official United States national anthem. Uh, really interesting. If you look at the uh, history, of course, of the Star Spangled Banner, it goes all the way back to September of 1814 when Francis Scott Key composed the lyrics uh, to the Star Spangled Banner after uh, watching uh, overnight the uh, British bombardment of at Fort McHenry, uh, just outside of Maryland there, uh, during the War of 1812. And, uh, of course, that was uh, published. The lyrics were published. Uh, later was set to music. And interestingly, uh, it sort of became the national anthem uh, in a in a roundabout way. Uh, the military saw it as the national anthem for uh, quite some time. Uh, in 1916, uh, Woodrow Wilson uh, made it such the national anthem by executive order. But as we often talk about on this show, what can be done by executive order can be undone by <laughs> executive order by a, a following president. And so it was uh, actually uh, Herbert Hoover who uh, signed that into law, uh, not until 1931. So a long time after Francis Scott Key originally penned it, long after uh, the military had adopted it, most of the branches of the U.S. uh, Armed Forces uh, had uh, designated that or regarded it as the national anthem. Uh, And one of the interesting things, uh, of course, it was uh, was played uh, during the seventh inning stretch. Uh, I believe it was the 1918 uh, World Series that, that really started to popularize that. And uh, it, it did pick up some momentum uh, during that World Series uh, year for, for sure. Uh, and interesting that now, of course, we have a lot of the controversy around the Star Spangled Banner is centered in sports. Uh, sports definitely uh, played a role, not the only role, but a role uh, in uh, getting momentum behind the Star Spangled Banner uh, as the national anthem. And again, on uh, this date, March the 3rd. Uh, President Hoover signed that uh, into law. And most Americans, of course, don't uh, know all the verses. There are four official verses uh, from Francis Scott Key that are part of the national anthem. Uh, Usually we just sing the first, and occasionally on uh, formal occasions you do uh, hear the uh, fourth verse. Uh, But very few people uh, know that there was uh, an unofficial, a very unofficial, fifth verse to the national anthem. Uh, Let's talk about that for a second. Uh, As I was uh, scouting around this morning and and looking through uh, all of the different components of the national anthem, uh, where it comes from, what it looks like, uh, there was a unofficial fifth verse. It was written by Oliver Wendell Holmes uh, way after Francis Scott Key. Uh, This was actually uh, during the Civil War. 
and uh, very interesting. Uh, of course, it never became part of the formal national anthem. Uh, but in light of, of everything, and as we've just uh, finished Black History Month in the month of February, uh, there are some, some things that not only apply to, you could see this applying during the Civil War, uh, but as we were talking out of the newsroom uh, before coming on air today, uh, this is this is a verse that could be sung today for sure. And clearly within the last month uh, with events that have taken place in our nation's capital, uh, and, uh, anyway, I want to read, I want to read through these. So we'll get a little, uh, background. I will not sing this for you. Uh, but Oliver Wendell Holmes, he wrote it this way. He said, when our land is illumined with Liberty's smile, if a foe from within strike a blow at her glory down, down with the traitor that dares to defile the flag of her stars and the page of her story. By the millions unchained who our birthright have gained, we will keep her bright blazon forever unstained. And I love this conclusion. And the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave while the land of the free is the home of the brave. And I, I just love that. While the land of the free is the home of the brave. And that we do have to uh, down down with the traitor uh, that dares to defile the flag of her stars and the page of her story. Uh, I I just think that's so powerful. If you haven't checked that out, uh, you we'll put that up on our Facebook page as well. Again, an unofficial verse of the Star Spangled Banner written by Oliver Wendell Holmes, uh, just uh, going into the Civil War. Uh, and so as we look at our national anthem. Uh, I think there is much for us to focus on. There's so much for us uh, to really be proud of as Americans, and we should never lose that. Uh, yes, we have flaws. Uh, we have warts. <laughs> we have all of the things that make us struggle as a society. And yet, uh, and yet, uh, we still are today, I think, as Lincoln rightly said, the, the last best hope on earth. Uh, for freedom and for liberty. And so, no, we are not perfect. And yes, we have much, much more work ahead. And we can get there. We can get there. Uh, But we have to choose to do it a little bit differently. We can't buy in uh, to the fake fights and the false choices. Uh, We have to expect more out of our elected officials, not less. We need to expect more out of our young people, not less. Uh, We need to be willing to do more ourselves as citizens, not less. And rather than looking to Washington, rather than looking to top-down government, it's bottom-up. It's we the people. And the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave while the land of the free is the home of the brave. Let's make it so. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today. And as always... As you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. 
Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.